You're listening to the 2v1 Podcast. It's Monday, April 27th, 2015, and this is episode 23. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud by searching 2v1 Podcast every Monday. Just talk about MK or something if you can. <laughs> okay, yes. I started Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That'll be a fantastic segue. So yeah, Mortal Kombat X just came out on consoles and PC. It is now the 10th Mortal Kombat. But it's not called I, 10. But it's not Mortal Kombat 10. It's Mortal Kombat X, which is stupid. But it is the 10th installment? Definitely, yep. <laughs> It, it might even be the it might even be more than ten because they had all those weird offshoots like three and then trilogy and then whatever four other stuff I th- maybe that counted I don't know but yeah it's uh it's really similar to the last one which was just titled Mortal Kombat um which was like the revamping of the original trilogy uh was that Mortal Kombat nine or was that Mortal Kombat one X <laughs> Technically, technically, it's Mortal Kombat, and that's it, but it is the ninth one. And technically, there's a phantom voice in here that nobody recognizes, so I probably just realized I should introduce that. So, <laughs> yes. we uh, This week, we have a guest on the podcast, uh, my buddy who I've, I've mentioned numerous times, Tommy. He came to visit in Atlanta, and we did some pretty serious gaming, even considering all the other things we were busy with. So if I may introduce, that's Tommy. That's the other fourth voice that you're going to be hearing on this episode. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I am, uh, I've been an avid listener, and I'm excited to be here, guys. That's right. Yes. Good to have you. It's good to have you. So yeah. sorry for interrupting, but Nick, you can continue. I. It's kind of hard to talk about Mortal Kombat just because it's Mortal Kombat and it's no different than anything else right. than the other series, really. Um, it It's playing great. I feel totally comfortable with it again. I was honestly a little worried because we talked last week. I like want to play online, but I'm not good at fighting games. But I got I got comfortable with it real quick again, and I'm having a blast with it. There's a couple new characters that they added that Initially, I thought we're going to be really lame, but I'm starting to like them because they play well. Um, the coolest thing about the revamping of 9 was the retelling of the story, and it had a really good story and uh, whatnot. And this one now is continuing the story, and it takes place like 20 years later. So all of the classic Mortal Kombat characters are just old, mm-hmm. and that's really cool, actually. And they added, like, four of the new characters are their kids now. So, like, Johnny Cage and Sonya had a kid. Jax had a kid. Uh, that's fun. Uh, I don't... Kenshi didn't get added until, like, Mortal Kombat 4, maybe. He's the blind guy with a sword. Uh, he, he has a kid now, and then Kung Lao has a kid. And it it's just, it's pretty cool. I heard bad things kind of about the story, and I'm enjoying it. So I guess that was a little unfounded. Question. I'm about, what, yeah. Uh, are the kids just the main characters, or are, like, the old parents still playable as well? Everybody's still playable. So just in the story, how it's, like, set up and everything, you can't, it, it kind of forces you to play certain people as you work your way through the chapters. Okay. Um, Is it but similar if, to Injustice in that way? Uh, I didn't play Injustice actually, other than uh, against people. I didn't play like the camp, like the story for that or anything. Okay, neither did but, I. But my but I'm did. guessing I'm guessing that's how it worked because okay. that was how that was how Mortal Kombat Nine worked, and then they made Injustice. So I wouldn't be surprised. Great. Um, but yeah, you can play as anybody you want outside of that stuff, like just online or against somebody else locally um but they make it they make it work within the story why you can't play as certain people they kill off people too they kill off (laughs) they kill off some old favorites that you can't actually play in the game for whatever reason they didn't add them i don't know mortal kombat game of thrones yeah (laughs) sort of yeah well the that could be fun yeah, Mortal Kombat 9 was actually, like, really crazy. I, it's been a while now, so they, they killed off, like, a lot of that cast in that retelling of the three games because 
within the narrative, it made sense. Like, Liu Kang gets killed, you know, like, one of the main guys. So, you know, they, they don't they don't care about that stuff in their story. And I think that's really cool. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm having a blast. It's ultra-violent. <laughs> the fatalities are amazing. Yep. Um, and they're still hard to pull off, which, as a kid, they were really tough. Like, I, I could actually never do them as a kid. I think I think I missed this last week, but so I need to make up for it this week. Nick, it's because you're bad at video games. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, there it is. You did I, you did I, miss I, it last week. I want I want every I want to go on record that Josh just is bringing this up for no reason. <laughs> and and the good news is Nick does have a a quality retort for it. Yeah, you didn't play Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all that matters. Also, I'm I'm hot on Josh's heels on Geometry Wars scores. Ooh, I know that's got to be grinding your gears. Mine? No, I haven't really beat many of them yet. Exactly. So that's why not. I'm not worried about it. Ah, yeah. okay. But I'm close to some of them. That's How those are some hours? pretty confident words, though. How many more hours will you have to put in to catch up to Josh? Uh, probably a lot because I'm actually like not very good at that, <laughs> even though I just defended myself. <laughs> oh boy, that's right. It's tough. I. That that game, real quick, we already talked about it before. I'm loving it, but I hate how they added a couple things, uh, like boss battles and stuff. That that shit drives me crazy. There's only five it, of them. Yeah, but but it's still a thing that I need to get a high score in, and it's not fun to play. So I didn't. Whenever, when whenever I'm trying to get a high score, they suck. Yeah. I don't know that. That's me. I don't. I don't. I don't like them. I don't think they add anything to the game. I didn't think it was necessary to include them, but I think making the levels shapes themselves was enough of a change, and adding like your drone and everything. But whatever. I'm. I didn't make the game. <laughs> Back to Mortal Kombat. Well, I don't. I don't have anything else to say. It's. It's a fighting game. It's still. It's still a very simple fighting game. Uh, so it's it's up to working on PC now because it had a really bad launch. Uh, I think it is, but I'm playing it on Xbox um, mostly wow. because I, why yeah, I'm not you got it on PC. I'm not playing it on PC because I'd have to use. I would have either had to get a new controller or some sort of fight stick or something, or try and deal with my Xbox 360 D-pad, which that D-pad is awful and is notoriously awful. So I got it on Xbox One because that D-pad is more, it feels better. And trying to play this game with the analog stick would be a nightmare. I I always play them with D-pads. Have you played online yet? Not yet. Sorry. Tommy? Speaking of PC, uh, Nick, I've been meaning to ask you because I know that you're a big PC guy. uh, And I was hoping that you guys would have brought this up by now, but... I've always Uh-oh. been really interested in the DayZ and the H1Z1 games. Oh, yeah. Did you ever get into those, or did you ever try? No. Um, and, you know, the the main reason is because of price. Mm-hmm. And uh, DayZ is technically not even still a full-release game. I was going to say, those are both in beta still. It's still a beta. I know nothing about H1Z1 other than it's something similar. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was Sony's. H1Z1 is Sony's, I believe. I don't know. Yeah. I know DayZ's coming to PS4. I've heard that as well. I thought that H1Z1 was also coming to PS4. It, I thought it I was th- only PS4, I think, but I could be super wrong there. Uh, I don't know. I, I 2v1 podcast, wild speculation. <laughs> we don't know anything. <laughs> H1Z1 is definitely on PC. It's $20. Um, and PS4. Okay. Yeah, so I, I never got into them based purely on the price point because DayZ is like... I said it's in early stages still not early I guess but it's still beta and it's $35. So like I'm not going to take a gamble on that especially with the how difficult it sounds like you could start a character and if you don't know what you're doing you're just going to get murdered by other players. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. My uh, it, girlfriend's brother actually has Daisy and H1Z1 and I've just kind of glanced over his shoulder a couple times. Yeah. And, no, and the graphics are just God awful, first of yeah. all. <laughs> Unless you have an extremely powerful PC, which he doesn't. He has like a crappy laptop, and uh, he was just getting destroyed. Annihilated. And you just have to keep restarting with nothing and go find stuff. And 
scavenging takes more yeah. than a few hours before you can even be powerful. Yeah, I've just been so hesitant to like jump into any of these survival games that mm. became all the rage once Steam started its early access thing. Yep. So, I don't know. Like you a lot of them don't even get completed. Like the, some of them have just been abandoned and people got ripped off by buying it and then the game never got finished. So, I'm I'm not ever willing to try that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even though Daisy looks interesting, it's just at the end of the day, it was just because I don't want to spend $35 on it without ever trying it. Yeah, and they need to be more complete products before really yeah. giving any kind of thought to it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy that it isn't done because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a thing. It's been a thing for a while. It's based on a uh, Arma, which is like a military simulation game. Right. Yep. And it, it's been a mod for it, and then now it's been an early access game for at least a year that I know of. Mm-hmm. It came, it went to Alpha in 2013. December. Okay, so it's been even longer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I know people like it, and I've heard really funny stories about it. Like, <laughs> like you can you can actually have some really interesting scenarios happen, and like you have so much freedom, but. It's just hard for me to jump at it. Yeah, it's a good concept, but, you know. Yeah. We'll see what happens when it comes to consoles. Yeah, that'll be exciting. I'm sure it'll get a huge following and a lot of people will buy it, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, because really, there's not <laughs> there's not much unique stuff for consoles still this generation. Right, which is unbelievable. But There's whatever. a ton of remasters, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. All, that's all all good stuff. Well, the good news is, uh, as far as unique goes and everything, Tommy and I, of course, made, we held, kept our promise. We haven't beaten it yet, and beating it could be a stretch. And it turns out it doesn't really matter because of the way the co-op is done in Resident Evil Revelations 2. But we'll get that get to that in a second. I want to do a very, very small, small snippet just in case Steve ever listens to this episode. The thing that we did as soon as uh, Tommy got here was I, I told him to save the last portion of Final Fantasy VII to play because he was beating that, and he'd actually never, never played, played it before. before. Yep. And what, what would we put, like five or six, seven hours into it, would you say, Tommy? Yeah, that sounds about so, right. But that's, that was, that's what we did for like the first two days, and it was amazing, but... Anyhow, the one cool thing that we got to do, Nick, because I know you're a fellow, you played it, what, yep. two years ago now. Um, yeah. I had always wondered what it would be like to actually go through the game and sort of just, I don't want to say play it to beat it, because that's not the only thing he did, but he sure as heck didn't spend the time that I spent on it, or most of the people that I know when we grew up played it. You know, we didn't, like, he didn't do everything there was to do, and not right. a ton of grinding and everything. So it was actually really interesting to see fi- a game so old and heralded as Final Fantasy VII and see what it was like just to sort of play through it at a normal pace and not get too overpowered and everything. And it was Without definitely, power I could tell it was a more challenging experience. It's There There weren't even a lot of bosses that gave trouble, but there were a few. And it was cool going into the final battle with both Sephiroths and you actually just fight them instead of, Nice of the round, done. Instead of nice of the, of the round, round yeah. done. Yeah, it was awesome. And you know, he his the HP on his characters ranged from thirty five hundred to a little bit over five thousand. Whereas I'm I was used to nine 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 all characters. All, you <laughs> I know, don't so think he, I even had one character over five thousand. I think Cloud actually had forty seven or forty eight. Okay, th- yeah. Wow. So there you go, even better. And it was cool when he did his uh, Sephiroth did the supernova summon, and I thought I. I I sort of didn't say anything. I was like, oh my god, he's so dead. But <laughs> whenever he got hit with it, everybody was reduced to like, a f- my guess is it reduces your health by like 95% on everybody. I think I might have remembered seeing something like that. But anyhow, just a cool little plug I wanted to say on Final Fantasy VII. It was neat seeing something that I've personally personally played through start to finish five, six, seven times. But that was the first time I got to see it from a different perspective. So that was really cool. I was prepared um, to put... 80 hours into that game from what I heard from other people, but I actually completed it in 38 or 39. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, 
you did very little in right. in the you know just all the crazy things you can do and just spending time grinding i'm those headhunters i was telling you about farming i put probably a dozen hours on every playthrough doing that so right. the, yeah the only reason i did that was to get one of the materials upgraded that, that i didn't do it to get the characters up yeah, uh, yeah, up. grinding for experience is not really a thing in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. You grind for AP to level up yeah. your materia, and levels follow naturally. I mean, you usually in those crazy 80-hour playthroughs, you max out your level before you max out everything else you want to do. So, anyhow, <clears throat> that was just my little Final Fantasy VII plug. Then <clears throat> we switched gears to Resident Evil Re Revelations 2. And we we actually had a pretty funny little fiasco because we started it last night. And <laughs> right before we, you know, we were turning on the system, we got it installed. Everything's good. Which installed and pretty fast, actually. It did. And then Tommy's like, Surprising. oh, I'm just looking for your freaking controller. And I was like, oh, wait, you didn't bring one? And he's like, <laughs> no. So this is it's like 11 o'clock at night. I was like, oh, my God, we... We actually, I have to just go buy a controller at Walmart. This sucks. I didn't even realize technically electronics closes. We had this huge thing. I got a manager. I was like, Wait, please. Really? Just... Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. It was, but she was, I had to, I had to go through this chain of command of like four people. Finally, we got somebody who hooked us up. So shout out to Walmart for actually doing this for me. <laughs> but it was so great because I intended to just get a regular controller, but I saw one crappy aftermarket knockoff controller and it was a mini control and it was wired but it was for xbox one and it was only 40 instead of 60 now of course i could have just used it returned it whatever i'm too lazy for that so i figured i'm just gonna get this wired one because it i think it actually looks kind of cool whatever it doesn't have lights or anything like that it was just a basic mini wired xbox one controller and yeah. it was funny because tommy was talking crap on it but i said <laughs> i'm telling you it's gonna be good and we got it home, and he was like, all right, I'm playing with this tonight. Because <laughs> it ended up being really cool. I don't remember the brand. but So we had the two controllers. Mini-series. Mini-series. Okay, that's very uh, really a unique name there. What a weird, <laughs> but, yeah. So we start the game and immediately hated it because... <laughs> It was it was the it was the most god awful co op split screen. I think it might have been an old Resident Evil that I saw it before on. Maybe doing local co op with Resident Evil Five, but not yeah. Only does is it, it does it not fill the screen and it offsets uh, them? And it offsets it. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> we. I was like, when is this going to be illegal? <laughs> illegal. It, oh my it god! May have utilized sixty percent of Alex's fifty-inch television. It's, like, yeah. it's so stupid. I so, never understood that even with five. No, exactly. So the and and it, it even bugs me when they don't even do it in sixteen nine. But at least give me the whole part. Yeah. You know, but anyhow, so the good Who news knows? is I didn't do any homework about this game. But Tommy said, actually, I got to be honest with you. I found out the co-op component is really stupid in this game like you're holding a flashlight and looking for stuff and i was like what and so oh. i didn't even give it a shot i said tommy let's just let's just do single player and take turns you know beating chapters so we immediately put the kibosh on that and we didn't play co-op because no real stupid and not worth doing in resident evil revelations 2 so Hence, you didn't need a controller exactly wow. but i am keeping it because i like the controller and we use it all day yeah <laughs> so Right off the bat, it was also when we started it up and the cutscene started, it was really cool. It had like almost like a movie build up with the way they were introducing everything. And we were both really impressed with the cutscene graphics and everything. And that's when we realized this compared, you know, we were used to Revelations 1, which was a port from the DS. So we thought, hey, this is the first native Resident Evil on next gen. And that was mm -hmm. pretty cool. And it, it looked great, and the cutscene graphics were great, and when the game actually started up, I was immediately impressed with it. And that's one thing I can praise right off the bat, is it actually looks really good, in my opinion. It's not, you know, outstanding, but I think it looks really, really good. So, and it's cool seeing some old faces from the series. Uh, so, so far, the two main protagonists we have are uh, Claire Redfield and Barry Burton, so I thought that was pretty awesome. And it's it's neat. You start off, like, in this prison area, and it's 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 very reminiscent of Silent Hill, actually. It's sort of hmm. like, it, and it feels it feels like a good Evil Within. <laughs> mm -hmm. It it plays way better than it, but some of the 
the subject matter and just the way it plays, even though it's more functional, it's very Evil Within-ish, including the zombies. They're definitely, they're not the crap Ouroboros or anything like that from the... Las Plagas. Yeah, or Las Plagas or anything like that. They're but, just straight zombies. Yeah, exactly. But they, well, they're not straight zombies, though. They're like these tortured, demented evil within kind of things and they're not shambling oh, okay. either so so it's more like psychological yeah shit. it's it's okay. actually interestingly enough that sort of plays into the plot because it has huh. fear is a factor in how the virus affects your body eternal darkness yeah right oh, is there a okay. sanity meter <laughs> slightly oh, hey hey wow Nick, kind of Wow. You wear a bracelet, and even though it doesn't have a gameplay factor, it's part of the story, and depending on what color the bracelet is, that's your fear factor, and that's, like, if it get, if your fear gets too out of control, you mutate. Like, can you imagine that? Wow, that's that? weird. It sounds so cool. Yeah. 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 It's, it's terrifying, though. So, anyways. Also a new thing for Resident Evil, kind of. Oh, yeah. Right? It, it is yeah. a new thing. It's, it's fresh. And, by the way, before we get into more details, and, by the way, Tommy, you can... Please interject stuff that, you know, you really enjoyed, picked up on, or, you know, piggyback off of what I'm saying. But we both love it so far. We beat the first, I guess, episode, you know, because this was episodic originally. And, we you know, we have the full package. But um, you start off as Claire and Moira Burton, who is Barry's daughter. And then after you beat that, you play as Barry and this little girl named Natalia. And you... It's, it kind of stinks because you sort of, in a way, go through the same map except at a different time period. So it's kind of a strange setup, and we're still not sure how we feel about that. They kind of recycle stuff. Yeah, it's weird, and we, we're seeing a possible... There's potential for that to keep happening, but even so, we are really enjoying it for sure. And like some of the other stuff that was really cool, what, there's there's a lot of scares. And it. I don't even want to say it's like that cheap, annoying scare. I mean, it does make like you a jump, jump scare. but... They're good. I mean, we, we would both jump or like yell at stuff and then like laugh about it, you know, because I don't know. I, I think it's pretty well done. And then there's also there's good stealth, not stupid stealth. You don't have to. It's not broken. There was one room that we walked into three zombies or monsters or whatever. Their, their back is to you and you just go up and hit the right trigger and you do this awesome knife takedown. And the other ones have no idea. Is that realistic? No. Is it fun? No. Yes, it's fun. So. I, I Do you love have to the throw way. anything. No, it just there's, there's a bit of throwing. <laughs> yeah, you oh, can. Yeah. Like the your your um your sidekick, whether it's usually when it's the little girl Natalia, she has bricks, which is hilarious, and just like every other game. Yeah, exactly. But what's game. nice is she's she actually does things. Like if you are, you know, taking on a zombie or whatever, or a lot of times, like whenever they're staggered, she just throws a brick at its head and actually kills it. It's great. It's actually super, super it's, helpful. It's bail it bailed Tommy out numerous times. Yeah. And actually, speaking of the brick, we love the noises that it makes. Like, when you throw it at something's head, it makes a... It sounds like a brick was thrown at somebody's head. Awesome. So, yeah. I, I, I appreciated how uh, how accurate that felt. And, um, to go back to the sounds real quick before you move yeah, on. Yeah, no, go ahead. The sounds... Um, like he said, the sounds have been great, but I have to give some praise to the music. I think they did an amazing yes. job. Yes, like, the music totally is different. really haunting yes. at some places. I read that this one's a lot more like a survival horror than the third-person shootery stuff. Yes. They have, uh, they have went back to their roots a little bit. Yes. A, yeah. a little bit, yeah. It, but I seriously, I liken it more to Evil Within. That's the thing, except it plays better. So yeah. That's why I think we're both enjoying it so much. Because Evil Within is not a bad game. It just it got irritating at some parts, and then it got too totally blown over the top, you know, just like every other game in with the action aspects and all that. But just so far, it's it's really cool, graphically really great. I remember whenever we saw the first thing of like a, a significant amount of fire. The fire is outstanding, and even even the the mechanics of it are really good. Whenever you could some like if you use a Molotov on a zombie or whatever, it continues to burn them, and you can sort of see it gradually hurting them more and more. And sometimes they'll it'll just kill them before they even get to you from that gradual work that the the fire does on enemies. So yeah, it's hey. really awesome. There's a there's a there's new lock picking. Well, when yes. I say new lock picking, <laughs> perfect, Alex. I was just lock about picking. to say this. Well, go, go ahead, you take it. Well, the lock picking is is something that I've never seen before. You guys, I think, have a little more diverse video game knowledge since I've True, like, but I haven't seen it either. 
it's wonderful. You actually, as you, man, actually, you know, you're going to have to explain it because I think you'll use the words better. <laughs> well, you yeah, use the it words. Is, it's <laughs> very, it's very strange. It, it, you have this, a circle on the screen and it almost looks like a honeycomb in the middle. And then you have another small target and there's basically, you just move the target around in the circle and you use your left or right trigger as a gauge. And it's sort of like, you know how in Oblivion or in Fallout, how you're holding you use you tilt the thumbstick to a certain degree until you feel yeah. resistance. Yep, it's similar to that, except it, uh, vibrating is important for this. But you, as you, there's a meter on the right, and you wanna, you basically wanna go all the way up to the meter and make sure that the target that you have in the honeycomb stays the the good color, which is yellow, all the way through. And the closer there's basically there's a there's a sweet spot somewhere in the circle, and the closer you are to the sweet spot the longer your target will stay yellow as your meter fills up. But you got to be hmm. careful because if you're super close to it, but you're not quite on any part of the sweet spot, you'll fill the meter all the way up. And at the last second, it'll turn red. And if you don't hurry up and let go of the right trigger, then that's you're going to be unsuccessful and you'll bust it. And you actually get more. I think you get like better rewards or something if you do it on your first try. But it's it's not difficult. It's not irritating. It's just cool and as far as I know, unique. So it reminds me of the uh, one little mini game from Sleeping Dogs. Which one, Josh? Uh, where you had, where you hacked into the little vault things for yes. money. Yes. Okay. Yes, Josh. Perfect. I was trying to think. I knew in my head that there was something that this sounded similar to, and it's definitely Sleeping like Dogs. Like dealing with a sweet spot, you mean? Yeah. Yep. I, I remember not hating you, that, I think. You had to bug things or yeah. I think it was Those when cameras. you bug rooms or, or do something with cameras and you had to move the stick around and feel kind of feel and also look for an indicator of getting close yes. to the sweet oh, spot. Okay. You had to do yep. each stick once and then the third one you had to do both of them. Yep. Yeah. It yes. it's definitely as far as the sweet spot concept goes, it is it's similar to that. But it's just it it's even I don't want to say like, oh, it's easier, so it's better. That's not what I mean. I just, I think it, it makes sense. Less annoying. Yeah, it's Did, less uh, annoying. It's it's really just, it's a cool thing. But you said, you said like rewards. Is there upgrading in this? Yes. And that's one of the things that they brought over from Revelations 1. Now, for the past several Resident Evils, you've been able to do upgrades in one way or another. I hated the way they did it in 6, and that's because Resident Evil 6 is a real bad game. But <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was really awesome in 4 and 5. I loved it in those but the way Revelations 1 and 2 does it is you get custom gun parts and you can you can attach them to guns but you can also remove them so there's you don't have to worry about permanent stuff you can just shift them around and you know move them and do different combinations there might be mm -hmm. damage fire rate reload speed capacity all the pretty standard stuff right. and it just works out really well and i i loved that aspect of revelations just revelations was not a bad game but it was a little wonky the graphics left you know a lot to be desired because it was a port and especially from a ds exactly they straight up they just totally totally improved the formula from the first one this is a better game and so far i was joking with tommy earlier something will happen and i'll do a 180 and hate it but so far, <laughs> we both are really enjoying it, and we're hardcore Resident Evil fans. And since we've given up of them ever going back to their true roots, I will take this as a compromise because it's it's pretty enjoyable. And on top of everything else, and you can, I'm sure you can definitely jump in on this, Tommy. He, especially in the last level that we did, you get into some really intense battles. Yeah, and it's it's not a bunch of enemies shooting guns at you like every I was other say, game. How how is that intense? They're yeah. just, there's just, a. I mean, they will dump a lot of these monsters slash zombies on you, and some of them run, and some of them will, like, jump at you, but it's not irritating, and the game, they, the game, they actually provide you with the tools you, you need to, to be effective. Like, the dodging system works pretty well. It's not perfect, but you can dodge pretty well, and, but it's funny, because a lot of times they'll do this during boss battles. So you're in a you're in a nice big open space, but you're dispatching all these other guys while you're also trying to take out a main guy. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know, it's just been it's it's been a almost completely positive experience so far. The last boss that I faced was a hilarious looking being. He was like a giant bloater with some kind of 
torturer's mask on his face, and he was kind of holding a cannon in his right arm and a torch in the other. And he was shooting. He dipped fireballs. the torch in the cannon. Yeah, he, oh. he would put the torch in the cannon, light it, and it would fire from his right arm. Yeah, like these, a Civil War cannon. Yes. Yeah, it was, it very was like that. It was great. And the the funniest thing about actually one of the things that we were we have yet to be not entertained by is your partner. It's supposedly they have health. We're both concerned that they can't die because <laughs> it. Uh, I I actually read Alex that. Your your losing state is based on player one, uh, yeah. Whoever is playing Claire Barry. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that yeah. makes perfect sense because they will take a beating, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Like there was one thing when this a smaller bloater enemy was chasing Tommy, and he ran away, but the stupid AI didn't get away in time, and it blew up, and it just sent this girl hurling up a staircase. And she just got up and she was fine. And then in that in this fight with the the giant troll cannon bastard, like he fired at her and it this giant fireball hit her smack in the face and exploded <laughs> and sent her flying. And then she just gets up and it was it was great. <laughs> she so, just gets up. Yeah, it was pretty good stuff. Take it. Take I it hope like a that games aren't trying to come to this new formula of releasing two bad games in a row and then one good one fixing all the bad things they did in the, in the last <laughs> Well, game. if you know what? If they're consistent, then we could at least skip them and then just wait for the, every third. So that would be one positive <laughs> aspect of yeah. that. But yeah. The, the, the couple things that I found to be stupid are like the Moira Burton, uh, Barry's daughter. She's an annoying character. Yeah. She... She's just uses Vulgar. stupid language and sometimes it's really funny sometimes in the subtitles when she says oh my god they might spell it out o m i g o d all one word I'm like <laughs> what is that like that's what? just so dumb but oh, oh my god yeah i don't know it's just little things it's like that Final that Fantasy i just find summon. really goofy but the when we mentioned being worried about the level design it's cool how they have the interconnected maps in a sense because we went through the first area as Claire and Moira, and then you go, you end up going through that same locale, but you go through different parts of it, and a then all of a path. sudden you converge on the same point where you beat it as Claire and uh, Moira, as and you beat it as Barry and is it Natalie or Natalia, Tommy? I I called her Natalia first. I think it is. Yeah, Natalia. I think it's Natalia. So, anyways, that's 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 cool. It, it is cool. Except when you said that, when you said that, I thought. Oh, you're just running through the same map again? Yeah, it's it's definitely not the exact same. But whenever he, Tommy started up the second episode, he wasn't very far into it. And he said, he was like, I have bad news. He's like, I think, because I wasn't watching like for five minutes. And he said, I think this might be a pattern with the way they do this game. Because there are these chests that you can find and it's, it's so weird. You go up to it and it, it says needs small hand, meaning <laughs> it has to be done with <laughs> Natalia. But yeah. when you're playing as Claire, you only have Moira. So right. basically if we're in that place as Claire and there's a thing with a chest with the little hand, you're like, okay, well obviously we're going to be coming through here now again with Barry and that Natalia. So yeah, we'll that, see what that is kind of weird. We're, I just fact-checked it is Natalia, by the way. Okay, good. Nice. Fact-check. He's catching on quick. <laughs> <laughs> I had so to we're, we're several hours in. I think three to four hours somewhere in between that uh, ball ballpark there. But it's just it's awesome so far. I really enjoy it. So far, I can recommend it. But as usual, wait for, the, wait for me to give the final say after we beat the game. <laughs> yeah. A lot could change between now and then. Very positive things. Yes. It's good to hear. It's been a good video game weekend with Final Fantasy first and then Revelations. Two, yes, it two definitely really has. good games. Yes. Yeah, so real quick for Final Fantasy, Tommy, since since Final Fantasy is such or Final Fantasy 7 in particular is mm -hmm. like so well regarded. Right. Did you know had you played it before or was this actually your first time? Like did you know nothing about it? I knew absolutely nothing about Final Fantasy 7 on purpose cuz I would remove myself from conversations. Right. <laughs> that because I knew I was going to play Final Fantasy 7 sooner or later. So I didn't right. want any spoilers. I got about 10 hours in and people had were starting to ask me what I had found out and um 
believe it or not, the one who spoiled it for me was my girlfriend, Emily. She, oh, wow. She had been talking about how much she loved the movie Advent Children. And she's actually oh, a slight Final Fantasy fan. She plays a couple. She played a couple on her DS whenever she was. And watched you play a ton of ten. Yeah, and watched me play all of the remaster of ten because that's my that was the only Final Fantasy game that I've really played, and I absolutely adore that game. Yeah, ten's great. Yeah, it's great. And um, so she started watching me play some seven, and she just casually mentioned it when talking about Advent Children. She was like, "Oh, Eris is still alive." <laughs> and I was like, "What? What?" And she was like. Yeah, Eris gets stabbed with a sword. And I that's, was like, ha, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's an event that I f- I kind of am surprised you didn't know about. Like it it's like so known yeah. at this point. But yeah. he Tommy's good at that the same way I am. I, I think I've right. surprised you with things in the past, Nick, where I have managed to stay completely disassociated with certain things either in a movie or a TV series in a video game and whenever you've confirmed I'm past it you're like wait so you seriously never knew about that I'm just like no I didn't <laughs> yeah so, yeah I mean, it does take yeah. effort <laughs> so I okay so Tommy did you use Eris at all did you level her up <laughs> believe it or not yes early oh, on he did sucks. and I wanted to tell him but I couldn't that sucks <laughs> I was using well actually I didn't know that the other characters gradually leveled up even though they weren't in your PHS as they call as they call it. I didn't know that either. Yeah, and yeah, they they always level up. They just they lag behind a little bit. Right. Is right. all. They don't grow up as quick. They, they there's probably a percentage that they follow. And PHS uh-huh. is this thing that you use to call them. Okay. Tommy. Yep. So the party. But yeah. um I on purpose would switch out the party pretty often just to keep them at the same level. Didn't right. know I I didn't have to do that. Yeah. I didn't know that either actually. I think I use the same people all the time though, so it didn't matter. Yeah, that's right. that's but, typically what you do in 7, but um it, you, you're not hurting yourself or anything if you don't switch people out and all that. But yeah, I, I wanted to tell him, "Oh no, don't waste any time or effort on her," but I was just like, "Well, I, <laughs> yeah. I guess he'll have to learn the hard way." One of my Even, coworkers did the same thing. He he was like, "I wanted to tell you not to use Eris, but I couldn't." Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. How far into it does she get it? long enough it's like yeah Josh. it's decently in actually yeah actually it's at the i think it's at the end of the first disc yep that's the last thing in the first disc that's yeah right. okay. so you you could easily if, if you're doing absolutely everything and if you're grinding a lot and you're like i love this game i just want to beast my characters out you could put in t- 10 to 20 hours and then just oh dead oh <laughs> i wasted all that time y- on her yep. <laughs> exactly which but- i I don't think any other Final Fantasy has done. I can't think of anything off the top of my head like that. Where you lose a character, no. So yeah, I wish it would happen more often. I thought it was really awesome. Yeah. I think that is awesome. Yep, for sure. Oh, it's it, just it was like your uh, fire emblem, Nick. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, with those kinds of. Oh, okay. So we could say Final Fantasy Tactics. You can lose characters, True. <laughs> and it's of course different because Seven is so much more. Yeah, story one driven. of those standard turn-based like everybody's in a row fighting enemies like that is what I mean. Yeah. Yep. You can lose characters permanently. Uh, yeah. In, uh, fire emblem, um, fire emblem and final fantasy tactics and other games of the type tactical RPGs where, where it is still turn-based, but you're moving through a map and you get to take your own path kind of, mm-hmm. um, it's really common for permadeath where you're building up a, a, a group of characters and you might not always be using them but if you're using specific ones and leveling up specific ones they can still die and be gone forever wow so you can waste you can waste time and then kind of be screwed a little bit later on in the game because now you have lower level people at a further point in the game where you need higher level people and that I mean that's that's one of the like main things of the Fire Emblem series even though I only played the one I knew it was an aspect of it so I chose to do that cuz actually it gives you a choice at the beginning whether you want to play it that way or not and I was like oh I have to do this because that's just part of the game and I ended up losing a lot of important people through the game and and it makes it it's a different experience is because it frustrating, or does it make it better? Because there's well, a fine line there, big time. Yeah, there definitely is, and it depends on what you want to get out of it. If if you 
if you get frustrated easily, which I kind of do sometimes, and like I said in earlier episodes, I did replay battles because I was losing key people. Mm-hmm. It just became a it became a stalling point where I wasn't making progress because I had to keep replaying a battle over one character. So like it's kind of funny to think about like if you were in a war, like people are gonna die. Yeah. So and you can't do anything about it. Well, you and, can just reload the game. Yeah, yeah. you can reload the <laughs> You can the hit war. the reset button. <laughs> you guys don't have one of those? No. <laughs> no, all of, all of my other friends and uh, battle mates are dead. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing is, like you said, that's a fine line where what do you want to get out of it? Do you want that difficulty? And I think that did help in terms of Fire Emblem. Like, it, it made it better because... That game actually had a, a cool little character interaction thing where you built relationships with each other. And when you had two people have a really good relationship and one of them dies, it impacts that other person's performance. And I thought that was really I thought that was really interesting, even though it makes it more difficult. I so, agree. Yep. Yeah. I like it. I it would be cool. It would be cool if other games did that, but it it's kind of hard, you know outside of an RPG for things. Of course. Probably to adopt that. Really hard to program something like that, too. Can you imagine... <laughs> All the X you factors imagine... and variables and yeah, uh, that, infinite that possibilities. Is so, that is so many things to... Account for. Account for. Yeah. Yep. yeah like, it. That that blows my mind. That's another reason I want to see how this turns out. Like, okay, what happens when this person dies? Like, I mean, after a point, after one dies, I mean they are accounting for at least one character dying, so compound that throughout the rest of the game. It's not that hard to understand, but still, it's it's impressive. Right. Nick and I had that conversation about, of all games, NHL. <laughs> NHL again. <laughs> okay. You know what? Wait, I how think, is this relating to NHL? I think Josh's oh, new thing can yes. be bringing up NHL on the podcast. No, this is good. No, this is good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go ahead, Josh. How... It's just so impressive how the puck itself has its own engine and how every player and the goalie have to react differently and how that is coded. It's Depending just, on what infinitesimally small coordinate the yeah, puck like, is located at. Yeah. Yep. Like redirecting a puck. Like just one of your AI teammates will redirect one of your slap shots. So not only does the puck have to react to that, the teammate has to react to that, the goalie has to react to that. Like, it's, there's just too much going on. Holy yeah. crap. I'm so glad you just said this because I give, I play NBA 2K15 and all a couple of the other ones. I give it so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't ever really think about how hard that is to program. But I am just constantly like, no, that's not how it happened in a real game. Yeah, yeah like, well, because like Josh and I played a lot of NHL and I would rage over <laughs> how things would happen. Yep. And it was always because of the game itself right. breaking. Yep. And it's like you just have to take a step back and think, OK, there's so many factors in how just the puck alone is reacting to all of these inputs. Is is EA, NHL and NBA? Yeah. NBA okay. is 2K. It, it, EA EA is oh, everything. Right, yeah. EA is everything sports pretty much anymore. Is there even a competitor anymore? Um. Well, there's no is MLB. There's no MLB anymore. 2K used to be different. Okay. Because because EA's basketball game was NBA Live, right. which was very very bad on their new. I, I never. Yeah, I never played. <laughs> I don't even know if I ever played a single basketball game outside of like. Uh, whatever it was on Genesis, and there Gosh, we got we got to love the memories of NBA Live. Oh, what year was that? New Year's Robert Ory for three. Oh four. Oh four. I'm guessing because that was, was like the best 02. one. What What was the one that had uh, the song Snoop Dogg Get Live? I I I really do want to say oh four, but I'm okay. not 100%. definitely checking that. I'm curious. Yeah, please <laughs> do. Those um, there's a lot of really good sports games nowadays i i'm typically playing nba and uh, mlb and they're getting better i would say that they're not perfect by any means and i can't really say any game is perfect but no no 
there, I I do realize how hard it is to program a sports game. Yes, yeah, like I used to be so hard on them. Like I said, like when we play NHL, I get so pissed. But now, now a little bit later, just you can you can appreciate how difficult that would be. Yeah, and just and quite just take it as it is. And quite you know being honest, NHL 15 has gotten a lot better than even 14. I've heard so many good things about it. Yeah, see, I originally, when it came out, heard bad things well, because it was the first one on Next Gen. The bad, it got very bad reviews at first solely because they left out like half the game modes. They did, yeah, they left out content. And I think that was the primary reason as to why it got kind of talked down on. But the gameplay itself, I think it's vastly better than 14. Where have I heard this discussion before? <laughs> <laughs> every game is always yeah, better. Yeah, everything then... is left out. The gameplay is good, but uh, the game yeah. is not there. Yeah, the full release. <laughs> what, yeah. What's there is good. They were. And, we haven't talked about that before. They no, weren't never. game modes I'd I'd ever play, but I guess they were popular. That's with. true. But the vast majority of fans mm-hmm. do. Yeah, what did want them mm-hmm. like Ultimate Team or whatever it was? Yeah, I don't remember. I just play yeah. online. Yeah, I. Uh... I haven't bought a sports game. I bought NHL 13 and regretted it and got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> I played a little bit of um of uh, the MLB game whenever I actually got a PS4 for Christmas 2 years ago now and I sold it right away and got a TV because I knew that they had no good games out. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but I played a little I bit remember of MLB. That now. And um the I th- you know what my um a friend of mine has a PS4, and he had downloaded the game Outlast when it was free on PS4. Right, and that fun. has that has been one of my best next gen experiences so far. Yeah, I could only play like half an hour of that game at a time because it did scare the shit out of me. For oh, the it was. That's awesome. Terrifying. That's such a good reason to limit your playtime. I love it. <laughs> it was only like a four or five hour game, but it was such a good story that I had my girlfriend's entire family watch me play yeah. five yep. hours of that game. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yep. They were all sitting there going, this looks beautiful. And it was a scary. cinematic experience. Yes. It was. Cinematic it was, family it was interactive experience. <laughs> yeah. have, have any of you guys played that game? Josh no. did. Josh, I'm... I know you said you played it a little bit, but did you beat the whole Oh, game? yeah. No, I, I beat it. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I'm not it. a horror game person. What about Alien Isolation? I've been hearing you guys talk about that for a while. I that, do want to play That's it. the game that I keep telling everybody I'm going to play, and in reality, I might get around to it by 2030. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have you know. no interest in it. I want to play it purely out of respect for, for the Alien. Alien that's exactly. It's like yeah. homage. It just We have to do that. And it, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it's a running joke of the games industry that alien video games are awful, and this one is supposed to be all all right. It is, yeah. It's surely it's like definitively not awful. Yeah. Well, like I said, back to back to having a bunch of bad games in a row, and then one good game, you can turn it all. Yeah, but in in the case of the Alien franchise, it's like three hundred games, and then one (laughs) one good (laughs) one. This is true. Last last one that I enjoyed was on Jaguar, so. (laughs) <laughs> that's a long time ago I never even I, the only one I played I played Aliens vs Predator on like PS2 and it was an RTS uh, game so oh. like I, I couldn't even speak to that and, really and you know what I'm also being unfair because there was one that I loved and it was Alien Trilogy on original PlayStation yeah I don't I don't know it was, I don't even know it was about really them. cool I just I mean I'm not gonna even talk about it because i can't remember a whole lot all i know is i really enjoyed it and it was not crap so that might maybe i'm gonna i'm going to make the sweeping generalization that the last good alien prior to isolation was alien trilogy on the original playstation (laughs) there you have it not crap it was not crap yeah Yeah. exactly i feel like i had that Back when the PlayStation games came in those DVD-looking giant Sega yeah, games. Yeah, the Josh, that's cases. what I had. Yep. I can I can picture those. Yep. And that being one of them. Absolutely. It was it was probably a staple at the time. Yeah. I forgot about those cases. Yeah, weird. they were they were real funny looking. It, like they had like that spine on the left. Yeah. Really weird. I still hate 
how Microsoft moved the disc tray to the left of the case. So it is a, just why? It's, it is a strange change. Choice. Change for the sake of change. Yeah. Dumb. This is next gen. <laughs> next gen case. cases. Hold the disc on the left. <laughs> like I just. And they're not rounded it. edges anymore. They're sharp. Yep. True. True. You know that, what I actually uh, wanted to bring up? Alex, did you have something else to say? About oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Um, it was funny. I woke up this morning, and, you know, as I was stirring, I told Alex, oh, my God, I just had a brilliant idea. And uh, oh, This is fun. <laughs> and I thought about, what if somebody could create a program where you had character models that you could move around and you go to a mall, and if you walk into that store, it directs you to that store's website to buy things. And then on the corner of the screen, you had something like exit store, and you'd walk back out, and it'd be a whole social interaction. And Alex was like, yeah, they had that. It just got shut down. That was PlayStation Home. I, it's so funny because I was thinking PlayStation Home that entire time. Like, yeah, and, and I'm, just... I'll be honest. I'm not even sure if it's 100% what he described, but... You guys get why it's it was kind funny. Of, it's kind of what it... That's yeah, what I thought it was, because I did use it. I'm not totally talking out of my ass. I used it a couple of times just just to see what it was, and it, it's funny that he he was sitting there thinking, oh, I have this idea, and I'm like, somebody already did it, and it flopped. It's like... <laughs> it, but, but that was PlayStation-specific. Now we could just have it encompassing all of the internet. Yeah. Right. So yeah, like, that's it, what I was literally thinking. a video game to go shopping on. If that yeah. makes sense. The internet, internet, the game. Yeah. <laughs> and then they could turn that into virtual reality, like Futurama, where you put on helmets and you go shopping in the internet. Yeah. And then, well, basically, that's, that's going to happen. Basically, anyway. Matrix and yes. story. <laughs> basically, we're all in the Matrix. Yeah. That's what it would be. We haven't been unplugged. That's, that's where we're going to end up going with all these headsets because they're going to realize nobody wants to buy these just to play video games. Right. And, they're going to be like, oh, but you can do all this other stuff too. Like, live your entire life. Yeah, wearing Nick, it. I'm just picturing <laughs> all of humanity in a Borg cube. Yeah. I'm Star Trek. That's all. That's all it'll be. Getting assimilated. Yep. Did you guys ever see the movie Gamer with Gerard Butler? No. no. <laughs> That's Funny. exactly what it is. That's hilarious. Everybody's basically a zombie because they're always on TV. Probably similar to Wally as well. Yeah, definitely. There's lots of. Uh, that's what uh, that's that what theme. surrogates is about. Oh, okay. Didn't see, see they've that. done it and they've done every idea millions of times. Yeah, because sci-fi is always actually prophetic. Yeah, it's always rooted in reality. That. Yeah, love it. Love science fiction. Yep, uh, you, that makes all four of us actually. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, not me. I don't really like it. Oh well. Oh, you you're can... a terrible person. Right, well, you're not ever welcome back here. At least you're not. <laughs> you're never yeah, you're not ever coming back on. So, <laughs> Josh, Everybody's I know you're fired. still in limbo, waiting for State of Decay. But I'm do not you have it. any enthralling industry news you're for us? I'm not getting it. <laughs> I'm not. Getting I, I want to know why you're not getting it. Uh, it's twofold. One is it's oh, that not... this is a thing I didn't realize it. Yeah, it's it's not getting the greatest reviews. Um, which what normally that doesn't matter to me all too much, but the more important reason is Destiny. Destiny. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, there's a there's an update coming next Tuesday, and it's gonna it's like the precursor to the to the DLC in May. Be, so. And be, before we talk about that, if we talk about that, I think I heard Tommy possibly asking about what state of decay was, and it's it's like yeah, a Daisy H one Z. It's another one of those yeah, yeah zombie survival games. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, if you guys have already talked about it on the podcast, I will. Well, I'll I, talk to about be it honest later. with you, I don't think Josh has ever talked much about anything of it other than he was waiting for it because I, I don't yeah. know squat about it either. It, but. It's think think of The Walking Dead as a video game. That's that's really all it is. Okay. Back to back to the permadeath stuff. And permadeath. Josh, isn't isn't it like you take care, control of a character and you gather a group of people? Yes. And if one, if your character dies, you take control of one of the other characters. You correct, grab, and right? this is yeah. make... zombie you. Just so you guys know, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. The one of the one of the more interesting games on Wii U that nobody talked about because nobody bought a Wii U. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it, it was like Dark Souls zombies. Yep. Yeah, I really like the whole con the concept of those sort of games, the survival type apocalyptic ones, but same. I guess it's it's 
not where it needs to be yet, at least for State of Decay. So, and they're overdoing it so much that by the time they perfect it, everybody's going to be like, "Yeah, we're we're done with this." There, there <laughs> is on. one I really, really want to play on Steam, and I'm pissed at myself for forgetting the name. Nick, you'll know it right off the bat once I say kind of what it is. It's that that um, side-scrolling sort of game where, ah, uh, hmm. uh, hold on. It's set in, during a war over across seas. A war of this war. This of war mine. of mine. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That look. That. that that's supposed to be pretty good, and it looked pretty cool. Same. Um, same concept. You should though. be able to play that on your Mac, honestly. Yeah. I, it's still. I don't want to spend the money. I think it's like twenty bucks still. Maybe. Wow. Maybe I could be speaking out of my ass, but. Well, actually, that's like a typical price. That's not that surprising. Yeah. And he's gone again. Uh-oh, it cut out again. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I was going to talk about the Mass Effect leak stuff. What Mass? Oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. That sucks. Mm-hmm. We can save it. Well, that was like this week news, so. Oh, damn. You want to talk about it? Sure. Fuck it. Yeah. Before I do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring something else up that's going to make you even more happy than Mass Effect news, though, is... uh. Gears of War is officially getting remastered. Oh, yay. The whole trilogy? No, as of now, it's just the first one. What the hell? What? <laughs> yeah, it's just the first one. Oh, my God. Yeah. So That's that's terrible. All right, so Mass Effect real quick. It's, it's just like a Reddit leak, so it's obviously not official at all yet. But uh, one of the main aspects of Mass Effect 4 that... I know you've always mentioned a couple times in, in both Mass Effect and other sci-fi games is it takes place outside of the Milky Way galaxy. Right. So That's awesome. Yeah, that could be really cool. Um, your character is considered to be a pathfinder. So essentially you go from planet to planet establishing settlements and, oh. and you actually decide on the type of settlement and character you want to play out. Do you want to be like a more rogue? Do you want to put settlements together to hoard resources? You, you decide on all of that. And uh, wow! And tra- sounds really ambitious. Yeah, it gets even better. Transitioning into planets, like, well, first of all, you you have the Mako back. That's how you explore the planets. But transitioning from from your ship to the planets to the Mako, everything. There's no loading screens. <laughs> wow! So no more elevator rides. Just straight to the planet and back. Yeah. Which is yeah. The loading screens were always shitty in all of them. All three of them. Yeah. But uh, that's that's cool. I'm excited now. The only other things were kind of gameplay tweaks. Um, during your conversations with characters, they they added more options now, so you can you can just interrupt people from talking, which is hysterical. So you can be a nice a dick even more so. Yeah, that's sweet. You can pull guns on people during conversations. Okay. Uh, there's a bunch more. You can customize your crew more essentially. So armor stats just it's kind of more mass effect one ish uh-huh yeah i hated how you couldn't do that after one yeah uh weapon wise it's a, a blueprint system so you find blueprints for weapons and then you have to assemble them um interesting and and the last thing the last major thing really is uh they have raids so like vault raids like destiny no way yeah Again, that's cool, and it's multiplayer. Yes, that's again. This thing. is all speculative through a Reddit leak. Uh huh. But if any of this is true, they are absolutely heading in the right direction for Mass. Yeah, that 4. sounds awesome. And and apparently abandoning Shepard. Oh no! Yeah, it's not Shepard. Hmm. That's cool. It, that's fine. I I I'm totally down for that. The only thing they mentioned regarding Shepard is during the the story there will be times where something will be referenced that Shepard did. Right. So that's cool. Yeah, that I mean I I'd expect that. That's cool. But yeah. Awesome. It's, that's exciting. If if all Yeah, the, that is exciting. Something to look forward to. Yeah, what, probably like 2017, 2018. Yeah, something. probably not for a long time actually. I I'd guess. Watch there be that, watch E3 they announce it and actually show like and hey, we're almost yeah. done. It'll be out 2016. Yeah, you know what? You know what? It's been at least what, 2 years since 3, so they would have definitely been working on it by now. Yeah. Um, if anything, they would have had dev kits for the new consoles mm-hmm. at least a year after that. So, so it, it might not be that far off. I'd say 
holiday 2016 at the earliest. At the earliest, yeah, probably. So, but cool. Yeah, that's it. All right, my end. Well, uh, we had some technical difficulties with Tommy and Alex. Um, if you notice, they haven't been around, and but, uh, because of that, this this is the last two v one podcast <laughs> episode. It has been canceled. As always, it's it's canceled, but not really canceled because you can find us every week on iTunes by searching Two V One Podcast. New episodes every Monday. Um, thank you, Tommy, our guest, for joining us this episode. And uh, that's it. That was uh, that was the greatest transition you've ever done. You like that? that? Was, yep, spot on. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks for listening. Alex, Alex is calling. Oh. Alex. Yes. What's up? Hey, hey, we're still recording, but all of a sudden, now Tommy can't hear anybody either. So, I'm panicking. Do you think we should, I know it's irritating. Do you think we should stop now? And oh, we're going. What we have? Yeah, we're going to. Josh and I were going to talk about a Mass Effect leak, and that was it. Okay, well, that's great. Go ahead and do that. We will stop and export and send to you guys. And yeah, you can do that. More than anything else. If we have to record anything else, just tell us and we'll take care of it. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll I'll say, like, you guys died or something. That, that, that's perfect, yes. Yeah, so just say, like, something came up and we had to hit the road or something. That would be really awesome. Yeah. I, I, recorded, I recorded you on speakerphone. <laughs> I can hear <laughs> you. Yeah. All right. All right, I'll see you, dude. All right, see ya.